0: Aloha, and welcome to the Word of Hope, with Ralph Moore, pastor of Hope Chapel Kaneohe. Hope Chapel exists to grow ordinary people into faithful, productive followers of Jesus Christ, equipping them through Bible teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Today, Pastor Carl concludes his message. This is part two of Praise as a Weapon. And now, here's Pastor Carl. But let's look at Philippians chapter 1, verse 28. Because it all starts, before we go into battle, it all starts with the proper attitude. Philippians 1.28, this is talking about not being intimidated. Don't be intimidated by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved even by God himself. And right here, scripture is saying, you know what, from the get-go, going into this, here's the attitude you have to have. Before you even start fighting and all this, don't be intimidated. In other words, go into the battle, not just thinking or hoping, but knowing that you've already won the war. Talking about this intimidation. If I were to say, like, do you think the devil and his evil spirits and his demons ever intimidates you? Do you think he does it consistently? You know, I asked myself this question. And I thought, no, God, I don't, I'm not easily intimidated by the enemy. And I was laying on my bed the other day praying. And I said, you know, what? Holy Spirit, speak to me. Tell me what it is that is intimidating thing. Can you show me some things that people are most commonly intimidated by? Because I almost am not sure about this myself. I think I'm not that intimidated. And instantly he goes, what about this? What about this? And here's some of the things that he he gave me. I want to share them with you. That we see that the devil intimidates us in areas. Witnessing to friends, family, coworkers, or strangers. What about just witnessing? What about just sharing your faith in public? When's the last time you had someone that you invited brand new sitting next to you in church. When's the last time you brought someone to church that didn't know Jesus? Think about that. Intimidation. Well, I'm, I'm kind of scared. Maybe I don't know enough. Maybe I'm not smart enough. Oh, maybe they're going to laugh at me or criticize me because I have this, this faith, this crutch. Well, you know what? Jesus is our crutch. People like, point the finger, oh, Christianity is a crutch. It is. I'm glad I have it because the rest of you guys have no crutches and you're falling down all the time in the world. I have a crutch and that is Jesus Christ. He's my strength. But when is the last time you brought someone new to church? When's the last time you shared Jesus, you shared your faith? What about advertising for God? But what about like the other things that putting scriptures up at work or something like that. You know, some people put screensavers or they put things by the computer or whatever. And sometimes we're embarrassed of those kind of things. Why are we embarrassed? Intimidation by the world, saying you're scared to show your faith. Well, what about if you've ever thought about doing some type of a ministry? Well, maybe I should go like serve at the church. Maybe I can go help out doing this or... Maybe I could go on one of those mission trips to Japan or maybe I could start a J group or do this or do that. Whatever it is, you want to step up and do something big for God, but you kind of get scared that maybe I'm not strong enough yet. Maybe I'm not spiritually holy and perfect enough yet. Maybe I'm not mature. Maybe if I step out for God, the enemy's going to attack me. Well, all of those little maybes, again, intimidation in your life. And see, when, when I was asking myself, God, I don't really get intimidated easy, and he starts throwing all this at me, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I do. So when Philippians is telling us, don't be intimidated, don't give in to these lies, don't give in to being this little wimpy Christian, but go in knowing that you're a winner, that you're going to be victorious in all that you say and do if you do it in my name. How about if you've ever been intimidated By sharing your faith because someone gets into an intellectual argument with you and they say, oh, where in the Bible does it say that? Oh, if God is like this, why does God do that? Oh, what is this? What is this? What is this? And then you just say, well, I don't want to share with anybody because I don't know what to say. Instead, God's just going, just share what he did in your life. Just share the power that he did in your life. Why are you intimidated? You don't have to have the whole Bible memorized. Just tell him, you know what? I was like this. God came into my life and now I'm like this. That, that's a better argument than anything you could try to prove in Scripture. No, the power of God is real. His word is awesome. It's amazing. It's the truth. But guess what? It proves itself by the work in my life, the power of my life. Don't be intimidated just to share about your life. You don't have to have this, this whole Bible, you know, you know, this whole thing memorized. Or what about the fact that sometimes we say, you know, God, I, I don't know if I want to share my faith because I might trip up once in a while and people are watching me and I might be a bad example of a Christian. So instead, what are we? We're no example at all because we don't even open our mouth about God at all. Instead of being a, an example that's kind of shaky and we're a work in progress like God expects us to be, we say, no, no, I don't, I don't want to be a bad example. So instead, I'm going to be no example at all. Zip my lip. I'm not going to say anything. And there's all those people out there that are, could have been led to knowing Jesus Christ through a kind of work in progress type of example. But instead, you want to be no example at all because intimidation. And that's the attitude, is all these little things that the enemy's going to throw at you, don't be intimidated. Let that be a sign to him that he's going down, he's going to be destroyed, and that you're saved, even by God himself. And then in, in Psalm 22, verse 3, it says that we're to fight back with praise. Psalm 22, verse 3, in the King James Version, says this, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Basically, what that's saying is, you can fight back the intimidation, Fight back against the enemy's lies and tricks with praise. Is that when you praise, God is in your praise. God inhabits the praises of his people. So when you begin to praise and you begin to give the glory and the honor and the lordship to him, God enters into the situation. When you're going, woe is me, pity party, my poor life, everything's bad, then it's just you dealing with your problem. But when you can stand in the midst of your trial and say, You know what? God is still worthy to be praised. Suddenly you brought back God right into the picture. God inhabits the praises of his people. If you're praising, God comes into the picture and he goes, okay, now you have all of my strength. I'm here to help you because you got the focus right. You're not fighting this battle on your own anymore. Now you brought me into the picture. So there's several things that praise does for us. Praise invites God into the picture. That's the first thing that we just talked about, that he's in our praise. He shows up to help us when we praise. I was reading in Jonah. The story, you guys know the story of Jonah, that God told Jonah, hey, Jonah, I want you to go be my messenger. Go speak to these people about me. Jonah says, no, God, I don't want to. And he runs away, right? He jumps on the ship. He's trying to like outrun God and he's, he's running away on the ship and the wind and the storms and everything comes up and the boat's shaking and it's going to fall apart. And Jonah goes, oh, I know why this is happening, guys. I'm sorry that I came along. I'm the curse because I'm running away from God and God's punishing me. He goes, you know what? You might as well just throw me over Throw me back to God, you know, and he'll, he'll save you guys and he'll take me. So they throw him overboard into the water. And sure enough, the boat is safe and everything. But what happens is this huge giant fish comes along, right? It doesn't really say whale. We assume it's a whale, but it really says Fish. I don't know if it's like a grouper or something, just, you know, suck them up. But something, some huge fish has got Jonah. He's in the belly of a fish for three days, you know, and he's just miserable going, why did I run from God? And I can't even die, right? You know, a fish eats me before I can even drown. And here I am. And he's in the the belly of this fish and just all woes me. But then he comes to the conclusion of, of this. And this is what Jonah 2.9 Two nine says, when he kind of has a revelation and he sees what's going on, here's what Jonah says. Jonah 2 verse 9, but I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise. That's the key right there. I'll offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise and I will fulfill all my vows. For my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit up Jonah on the beach and it did. In the midst of life's worst that could possibly be, Jonah recognizes, you know what, God, I praise you. And when he praised God, that's when God came into the picture, saved him, and he went about and he said, God, I'm going to serve you now. I'm going to obey your word. See, when praise comes into the picture, it invites God in. And the second thing it does is it, it keeps us focused on him and not on ourselves. See, when we praise, it takes us out of our little sad pity party. Why am I being attacked? What's going on? And it says, it doesn't really matter, God. It's all about you. When you can give God praise through coming into worship, singing songs to him, listening to worship songs, singing along, or just praying. I asked the kids in my high school mini church the other night, how do you praise God? How do you put God in that position where he's the Lord? And one kid said, I just lay on my floor or on my bed and I just tell him out loud, God, you're the man. God, it's all about you. God, you're strong and I'm weak. God, you're everything and I'm nothing. And he says, after he does that for a little while, he just talks himself into it, the Lord comes in and suddenly he says he has a peace and God is in control of the situation. And he says every single time his life gets better, he just speaks it out. So what are ways that we can just praise God? Well, speaking it out like that, praying, um, worshiping him, singing songs. Or what about just repeating the, praise, the praises that he's done, giving testimonies, praise reports. You know, like people come into your work or your school or whatever and they tell you, oh, this is what I did on the weekend. I got all crazy. I did all this. And you just go, oh, this is what God did for me. Oh, I went to church. I got blessed. Oh, no, I prayed the other day. And you start praising God by sharing the praise reports that are going on in your life. And when you're doing that, it gets the focus off of you and back on him where it should be. And also, the last thing that praise does is, is that it reminds us of the power and strength that we have available. When we begin to praise God, we start forgetting about how weak we are and we start remembering how great God is. Think of how he's pulled you through all of those times in the past. Think of the God, the God of the Bible that has done all those miraculous things. Think of the miracles that you've seen in your life. And you start to realize, wow, he's given me a Holy Spirit. I have more power than I thought I had. I actually have some weapons I can fight back against the enemy. I'm pretty strong, actually. And you start realizing that, and it gets you in the right frame of mind. You know, Tom Tom's mom, Auntie Ludie, I've known her since I was like a little kid, and she always has this most unique way of answering the telephone. Any of, any of you guys know that if you've ever called Ludi Lendeza on the phone, what, how does she answer the phone? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's how she answers every single time. Since I was a little kid, and I'd always call, you know, oh yeah, I'm calling, is, is Tom Tom there to go surfing? You know, was, praise the Lord, you know, every single time, no matter what. That's how she answers. And when I was small, I used to think, oh, that's kind of silly, you know, she's like going overboard or whatever. Why doesn't she just say hello? But you know what I've come to find as I grew up and I, I got to know her better and realize and look at her life is that she doesn't just say that, but she means it and she lives it. If you know Ludi Lendeza, she lives a life of praise unto the Lord. And so when she does that all the time, she's reminding herself, hey, I serve a God that's big. I don't know what's, I don't know why you're calling, I don't know what the circumstance, but God is worthy to be praised, so praise the Lord. And she just tells you and she reminds herself. And thats I think that's so cool because she's keeping the focus her whole life, her phone conversations, everything on God is great. Doesn't matter what else is going on, God is worthy to be praised. And if you live that and you can live, live that attitude all the time, you're gonna be victorious in anything you do. To go along with this, I wanted to read you guys this quick story. And I don't know if you guys, have you guys read your HCK briefings, that little thing that the church sends out? Anybody read that? There's a really cool story written by our own Pastor Aaron Suzuki, you know, and, and he's, he's sharing in this story the fact that he was diagnosed with a, a melanoma a few weeks ago, skin cancer in his ear. Now he went to the doctor and they, they, they cut out what they could find and they, they weren't sure if they got it. And and if it was the kind of cancer that they thought, that it's bad, then it could be straight into his brain. And it could be he's got, his days are numbered. Or it could be that maybe they got it all and there's no problem. And you got to wait till this Thursday, you know, like this was a couple weeks ago, before we can tell you what's going on. So that's, that's where kind of this story picks up. But this is, this is Aaron's testimony. I want you to re- listen to this. And I want you to think of how this ties into to pr- using praise as a weapon. It says, it was Thursday morning. Thursday morning was the day of my doctor's appointment. Thursday morning was the day that my whole world could suddenly take a, a turn of a nod of my choosing. That morning, I was reading in my Bible where Jesus invited us to dine with him. It went on to tell about how he wanted an intimate relationship with us. We were asked to partake in a meal, the good stuff of life. But on the other side, he also said that we will partake of his suffering. It was then that this little voice inside my head said, this is a sign. You better get ready for bad news from the doctor because that will be your cross to bear. Then another thing happened while I was in Dr. Chu's waiting room. My doctor's office is a bit unusual. She has a plethora of cartoon figurines of every shape and size in each room. As I waited to be called, I happened to look up at a rather large Tasmanian devil, the cartoon character. His arms were folded across his chest in a stubborn manner, and it reminded me of the day that our staff prayed for God to heal me. See, there's one day when Aaron told the staff all about this, and he's standing right here, and we all came around, and we laid hands on him, and we prayed for him. And and he says, As they were praying, I had my arms crossed. God spoke to me and told me that my posture was reflecting an inner attitude. Get this. So I unfolded my arms, and I held them up in a position of praise to him. But when I saw that Tasmanian devil that morning, I began to think that this was a sign too. That because my initial attitude at the staff meeting had been so poor, I'd better be prepared for bad news. When I finally saw my doctor, she quietly confirmed your prayers. God had healed my cancer. The second sample of tissue that came back from the lab with no sign of cancer on the outer margins of the sample. That meant that the cancer had been localized in the growth and had not invaded the surrounding tissue or beyond. I didn't really care about the medical details. The only thing I wanted to hear was that the test came back negative. Praise God. It's kind of funny. This was one of those few times in my life that I really wanted to hear something negative. Thank you for interceding and believing in faith in our Lord and his healing powers. I once again realize that this is a spiritual battle and that we have an enemy that does not quit. He hates us because we, he knows that he's lost the war and he's afraid of the Holy Spirit within us. He's afraid that we will realize our God-given power to change our world. He's not afraid of you or me. He's afraid of the potential that resides within us. As long as we're convinced that we are unworthy and unable to receive, then he makes us forget who God is and he remains in control. In closing, I need to remember this lesson. The spirit who lives within me is one that has overcome the world and in turn makes me an overcomer and victor. Even if the test had come back positive, the choice would have been mine, to choose to believe that I am unworthy or to choose to believe that I am worthy because Jesus shed his blood on the cross for me. Well, I was convinced that the Tasmanian devil was a sign. Serving an all-powerful and wonderful God, Aaron Suzuki. Isn't that an awesome story? That's an awesome testimony. But you know, the thing that was most impressive, and he doesn't really elaborate on this, was that when we were praying for him right here, right in front right here, we were all praying for him one day. Is it in the middle of it, when he had his arms raised and everything, is that Aaron said, you know what? This This is going on. I'm a little bit scared. We were all scared. We are all worried. We all love Aaron. But in the midst of it, he goes, I, I want to play this song because, I, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not really that worried about this. And so he played a song for us because he said he couldn't sing it. But he played us a song, and the song is one that we sing sometimes in church that says, Blessed be the name of the Lord. And it basically talks about in the times of suffering, when, when there's trials and tribulations, or when things are good, either way, blessed be the name of the Lord. And what he was saying is, Praise God. He told us, you know, yeah, I'm I'm diagnosed with this cancer and it could be really bad. I could die soon. But praise the Lord. And we're just like, wow, praise the Lord, Aaron. Yeah, you're right. God is good no matter what. And it's that when we come to that place in our lives, when it doesn't matter what's going on, it doesn't matter what happens, when the enemy's attacking us and we can just say, you know what? God, you're still worthy to be praised. I'm still going to praise you. That's when we come out as champions. The last verse I wanted to share with you is in James uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. And it says this, James 1, verse 1 through 4. This letter is from James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's written to Jewish Christians scattered among the nations. Greetings, dear brothers and sisters. Whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. I'm going to read that again. Whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be strong in character and ready for anything. And this picture right here, it's from that one show, Band of Brothers. And what this is, is a bunch of guys that have been through the wars. They've been through the battles. They've been through the fights. They've been through tough times. But they're standing, and they're saying, you know what? Whatever didn't kill me made me stronger you know what, I've been there, I've learned some lessons, I've gotten beat up a little bit, but I'm standing back up and I'm strong and I'm ready for anything. It's that we would have that type of an attitude. And he's not saying that we have joy because of our trials. You know, Trevor's not sitting in the hospital going, wow, that was really fun. I'm glad those guys just brutally beat up my face. You know, he's not thanking God and having joy because of that. But it says in the midst of it, Well, this happened. I didn't ask for it, but God has a plan. And so in the midst of it, I may as well rejoice because Trevor's attitude is, wow, think of how much stronger I'm going to be after I get out of this thing. Think of the testimony that I'm going to have to share with other kids who are going through tough times if I can say, I stayed strong with the Lord through this incredibly tough time. Think of what God can do in my life. Think of how much more I'll be ready and just strong enough for anything that comes my way if I can get through the trial that I'm in right now. And that's what... The Bible is saying to us, that James is saying in here is that in the midst of that suffering or that trial that you're going through, the attack, whatever's going on in your life right now, whatever if you're sitting here right now going, this week has been tough. If you can, in the midst of it, just say, thank you, God, because it's going to make me stronger. I'm going to have a cool testimony after this to say, God, you helped me get through this tough time right now, and I have something to inspire other people to do. It's that we can find that joy in the midst of it. And then I was reading in the the commentaries about faith, and one of the things it said about faith is that what is your faith made of? How strong is your faith? And it it gave the question of, will your faith stand when trials come your way? When the fire is turned up, true faith is going to stand no matter how hot the fire. If you've got a weak faith that only says, I only trust God in the good, happy times, well, when the fire is turned up, your faith is going to be burned up and it's going to crumble. But if you've got a strong, solid faith, it's like, Whatever happens, turn up the heat. When it's all said and done, you're left standing and you're solid and you're secure because you can actually take joy in those trials. See, our goal, it says right here, is that we'll be strong in character and ready for any, anything. Another version says that we would become spiritually mature and complete, but it's a process. See, if our goal is always, I want to be as strong and ready for anything as I can be, that's my goal. I always want to get there but you gotta realize that it's over a process. Think about when you first learn to ride a bike. I've been teaching my kids to ride a bike lately, and they got the little training wheels, you know? They're three years old and six years old, and we haven't really got the training wheels off yet, but I've been kinda like lifting the wheels, you know, so it gets a little more shaky, you know, and they tip over and stuff. Well, they've been going down, up and down the lane, and they've been learning about their bikes, but they've been crashing a lot, you know? And they crash and, you know, skinned up knees and elbows and tears and everything. But then I'm like, you're not going to learn to ride it, you know, unless you get back on. Oh, you know, they're all mad and stuff. And they come stomping out of the house, get back on the bike and try it again. But every single time they go down, they've learned something. I can't go that fast and try to turn all at once. You know, that doesn't work. I fall. Okay, a little bit of lesson learned. It hurt, but no pain, no gain. And that's what this is kind of saying, is that in life, you're going to get knocked down sometimes. The enemy is going to attack. Remember, he is a mighty enemy. He's got sly weapons. He lies to us. He tricks us. And sometimes we find ourselves, I didn't even see it happening. And now I've fallen. I've given into sin. Or I've walked away from God. Well, you're going to fall down. But if you can say in the midst of it, you know what? Praise God, I'm going to learn something. I'm going to come out of this thing stronger. So you get back on that bike and you learn to ride it. You know that you've got to fall a few times before you learn to ride that bike. No one learns to ride a bike without falling. But no one learns to be strong and ready for anything or mature and spiritually complete without going through those tough times of standing firm and finding joy in the midst of our trials. And so what I'm trying to say to you guys tonight is that the enemy's got strong weapons against us, but we have weapons too. And one of our weapons is to praise. It's to simply rejoice and praise God for who he is, no matter what's happening. He's got a plan for us and that he's going to make it all work out. All the things that the devil means for bad, he's going to work out for good. You know, I'll I'll end it with this, is that the Apostle Paul said, when I am weak, when I am physically weak, when I'm beaten up, when I'm at my wits end and there's nothing I can do and I feel so weak, he says, then I am strong. And what he's trying to say here is that when I'm weak, as a human on my own strength, there's nothing I can do to get out of this hole that I'm in or this attack or whatever. It's then when I say, God, I praise you, and I invite you into the picture now. Now you've got the whole Lord's strength, His Holy Spirit, His backing, all that He wants to do for you, you've invited Him into your life, and now you're saying, you know what, when I'm at my weakest, that's really when I'm at my strongest, if I'm relying on the Lord. I'm saying, praise you, blessed be your name, God, if I have cancer and I might die next week, doesn't matter. Praise you, blessed be your name, that's when I'm strongest. And it's getting us to that attitude that says, praise is the best weapon that we got. Praise is the way to fight back against the enemy's lies and discouragement and tearing us down, and we need to use it as a weapon let 's bow our heads and pray and we 'll get you guys out of here tonight. Father God, we thank you so much for your word that is so encouraging, Lord, that when we just praise you and we put the focus on you and just tell you how great you are and just just remind ourselves of how how much power is available and that that it 's really all about you, and we don't need to throw pity parties because Lord, ultimately, if the worst thing happened, if we, we died, that would be the worst thing at all, Lord, that could happen to us. But still, that would just take us home to be with you all the, all the faster. So, Lord, there's no way that we could possibly lose. Lord, as we praise you, you're a good God. You're in control. You've got reasons for doing things you do. And, Lord, you allow us to go through those, those attacks and those struggles and trials sometimes because you know it's going to make us stronger. You know that our faith will be able to stand through the the fire, that we'll be ready to stand and and be strong enough for anything that comes our way. So Father, we rejoice in the midst of our trials. If anybody in here is having a hard week or a hard night right now, Lord, change our attitude so that we're praising you, so that we're rejoicing and we're saying, blessed be your name no matter what. Lord, it's not about me. I'm hurting right now, but you know that. You're a good God, so I turn to you because when I'm weak, Lord, that's when I'm strong because of you in my life. Thank you for that, Father God.